This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Good afternoon, Great Power, Hastings and District and Radio Kidnappers listeners. This afternoon I have the privilege in speaking with Jean Pentecost, QSM, our national president of the Grey Power organisation. Welcome to Sunny Hawks Bay, the fruit bowl of New Zealand, Jan. And can you just uh, explain uh, to our listeners um, the length of time that you have been in Grey Power and the position, how long you've held the position that you are now holding? Well, I have been in Grey Power for... um First of all, as secretary for 10 years, and I've now been president for two years. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, and prior to that, what did you do? Oh, goodness. I actually went to university very late in life as a mature student and got a couple of degrees, so that kept me busy for quite a while. Good one. All right. That put you instead to become the, our national president through um, your education and being our past um, secretary, uh, which you would have put up with um, the male presidents of the past. Uh, can you just explain briefly when Grey Power was actually formed? It was um, founded in 1986 by angry superannuitants who were protesting at the imposition of a surcharge on New Zealand's Super Anne. It started in Auckland as the Auckland Superannuitants Association. Um, and at that time there was a concerted media campaign against the government of the day so meetings were well publicised, which meant that Grey Power um, quickly spread around the country with associations being formed throughout New Zealand. So going on from that then, as a result of that, uh, how many associations do we have now in New Zealand? We have 74 associations and we have two sub-associations. Now, when you say sub-association, can you just let our listeners know um, the difference between associations and a sub-association? Well, yes. I think pro- what how they've come about is because as an asso- they were, as I understand it, they were associations before, you know, earlier, but they had, couldn't get enough, usually couldn't get enough people to stand for the committees and so they sort of amalgamated with other, with fully-fledged fully Right, thank you, Dan, because that was something that I hadn't heard of and I'm sorry if I put you in a spot there. Um, so that now explains it to me personally as a, the president of Hastings Grey Power because we're having that problem uh, where we have only got six um, that means two committee members when we're entitled to have six committee and four executives, so we're struggling as well. Um, now, the next question is, what is our total membership at present? Uh, knowing there that we've suffered through COVID and a lot of people uh, haven't got out and about to pay their subs, so we know that that could be a problem, but at present our financial 
position of members is what, roughly? Around about 50,000 members throughout New Zealand. So um, I go back to um, uh, 10, 12 years back, and of course um, when I joined we were 90,000 and growing. Uh, we appreciate that, uh, uh, and we had 73 associations in that time, uh, covering Cape Reinga right through to um, the Bluff in the South Island. So um, it was a good organisation. So uh, I realise that COVID has played a big part on this, and I also believe in the past our national presidents uh, could have had something to do with it too. So I believe our membership, since you've taken on the role as our national president, is now increasing. I understand that's the case, yes. Right. Can you explain the structure of the associations? Um, and, and then uh, we can then go to the board after. So can you mm -hmm. just explain um, how an association operates and what their structure is? Well, I, I like to think of Grey Power as a family, and I like to, and I, in that um, analogy, if you like, um, I see the associations at the top of the family pyramid, um, so you've heard that there are 74 associations, they are all incorporated societies under their own right and together they form the federation, that, that is the structure they normally run as a, a simple committee, you know, with their president and um, their officers, uh, they... Are, they are, there is no doubt, they're the absolute mainstay of our federation. And so, although when we talk about membership, as you've just talked about, in, in reality, it is the associations that get us our members. The associations are the members of the federation at this point in time, not the members of the associations. So um, they are they are great power. Thank you, Jan. So that, that explains that. And, of course, my next question then was how are the associations plus the national association uh, is funded? The um, the main funding is at now is from membership subscriptions, but we also, as you know, we have Grey Power Electricity, so we receive um, a commission from them um, for the number of members that our members that belong to it. That at the moment are our two main. Um, you know, revenue. Uh, re yeah. you're getting revenue. Um, we were um, a part of or part of a, a scheme with Kiwi Bank, um, but Kiwi Bank pulled out uh, this time last year. Or it something, was this time around. last year. Yes. Yeah, and so that did take away virtually a third of our funding. Uh, but the board are looking really hard at how we can, you know, get other revenue streams up and running. Right, now I believe we get a bit of funding from our national magazine. Um, it depends how you look at it. We get uh, funding from the publishing of the magazine, but the postage, given that at this point in time, it's posted to virtually every household, about 40,000 households. 
that we actually, if you look at the whole, as I understand it, if you look at the whole um, magazine process, we don't really make profit. Right. Now, I know that at our last AGM that was discussed about that because some associations, similar to Hastings and Napier, where we hand-deliver our newsletters because of the cost of the postage. I believe there that um, the board has looked at similar, but because of the widespread um, of the people, of the members is such that um, postage is the only way and a lot of us I know for example of Hastings Grey Power uh, we like the, our members like to receive a hard copy rather than a email copy and I know that we discussed that in our last AGM uh, national AGM that the board was looking at to see if people wanted a the magazine um, by email but I don't think uh, that that went down very well. Is that correct? That yes, that is correct. Because um, you know you're probably aware that one of the things that at national level we've been working really hard on with all of the people that we talk to, um, politicians and that about dis- digital disadvantage for older people. So um, postage is still. The I think for quite a wee while will be the mainstay, but we do offer a digital copy, and if people want to sign up for that, that is fine. But postage, and when you're talking about um, hand delivering, I am aware from my visits around the country that a lot of associations, especially urban ones, do do a lot of hand delivery. Um, but there's no way, as a federation, we're really able to do that. It's just, you know... Um, yeah, we, we Great Power Hastings still has uh, the RDs, the PO boxes that we unfortunately have to post, mm-hmm. um, but we've got a contract with, um, uh, not New Zealand Post, but with another company that comes around and picks them up from my residence and looks after it for us and that varies from 230 to to 48 depending on how many we've required to post out so that's a a big help and of course um, we also have our newsletter our newsletter uh, printed free by uh, Terry Longley a funeral director so that's is saving Hastings a lot of uh, money as well um, so you still the national great power still pays for the printing of the national magazine yes, yes we do right now um, ale insurance um, mm-hmm. that is another bonus for our members can you just explain um, um, that to our listeners yeah, I think everyone that um, joins Grow Power pays their capitation fee automatically become a member of the AIL scheme, which is a $2,000 payout for death of a member, accidental death of a member, or dismember, but dismemberment. So that's how that scheme works. Right, and I believe um, in the Kaipakora in the Christchurch earthquake that ale mm. come to the party on um, several unfortunate people that were um, uh, died as a result of the earthquake being either in a car or a bus or a building collapsing on them. 
that um, the Canterbury Association actually hands out some $2,000 checks to the next of kin. Uh, I also was involved not long after joining here where a member died on the Napier Taupo Road as a result of an accident and I had the privilege of receiving a $2,000 cheque from Ale to deliver to the next of kin of that. So, yes, it's a great organisation uh, and that's a, another draw card along with our Grey Power Electricity that seems to draw people to join the Grey Power Network. Um, Right, Grey Power Electricity, can you just um, explain how, if you can, how that came about, I know how it did, um, and the involvement and that I believe there were other electricity companies that were negotiated with, but um, Grey Power, um, the, the, the electricity company that we've got was the one that gave us a better deal. Can you just... Um, enlighten us on a bit more of that, please, Jan. I think it it is, as you said, and the Federation Board at the time considered, um, I don't don't recall how many now, but they considered options that were put before us, and you're right, um, uh, the company that we are with now um, certainly offered what we felt was in the best interests of our members, um, and they, their main claim when they, you know, when we joined with them was, and I think there's been a bit of a mistake about this, was not the lowest prices. It was one that the prices wouldn't go up for, I think it was five, five and I had a feeling it might have gone on for two more years, but I yes. might be wrong. You were, No, you're not wrong. It, it was because I immediately joined when it was established and I was locked in for five years uh, with a clause of 30 days that I could pull out if I wasn't happy uh, with um, grey power electricity. But I can assure our listeners... Uh, and Jan that um, I am very happy and as I was talking with Jan on the way um, from picking her up at the airport uh, my May power bill with the thanks to our government giving us the winter energy uh, I got $140 something from the government for the month of May and my power bill through being with Grey Power Electricity was $138. So you can see, listeners, uh, by joining Grey Power, uh, you will see, dear, that you will save money uh, uh, on your electricity. And I also got an extension of two years, uh, so I got seven years locked in at 7.9% cents per kilowatt for my power for seven years. It never budged. And as you all know, 1st of April of each year, our power goes up. And I'm now paying uh, 11 point something for my great power electricity, which I can assure listeners that is far cheaper than Energy Online, Contact and Meridium and those other ones. Jan, can you elaborate any more on that then? Um, probably not. We we meet with um, Grow Power Electricity um, with you know the CEO 
um, about every six weeks or so, and we've got a meeting coming up, so right. there may well be more coming out after that. Right, yeah. Yeah, um, as we know, Gary Holden was the CEO and was a mighty uh, gentleman, and uh, we've now got a lady CEO, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. Listeners, it just shows you there that the male dominance is slowly going out and we're getting uh, lovely ladies as our CEO and our national president. So that's a great change uh, for New Zealand as a whole. So um, I believe Gary is still doing a great job with um, um, those... um, Solo. Solo power. So, uh, but he was a mighty man and I enjoyed his speeches every time at our national AGMs. He was very knowledgeable. Jan, um, we did briefly mention the magazines, but can you now tell us what's, how often and what's in the magazines that can attract our listeners to come on board? Well, we do a quarterly magazine for all our members. Um, the articles in it, uh, I think, are quite, um, you know, that there is a lot there about what the Federation is doing because it is the Federation's magazine. But I think there's um, items of interest across the board. Uh, I do get quite a lot of feedback um, from our magazine and, and many of our members come back to us and say, we're so glad that Grey Power are, you know, carrying on their main work, which is lobbying, um, on the things that are really worrying us, like home care cuts and digital disadvantage and the other health... Health is our biggest one, actually. So the other health issues that come up. Right. Now, um, we did have the odd complaint there that they found the printing in the magazine was a bit small for us getting older and having to wear glasses. Uh, That, I believe, has been improved somewhat. Is that correct? The editor and the owner um, have taken it on board, and I believe that they have um, enlarged the font size a little. We'll wait and see whether our members find that it's large enough or not we will soon hear and then the other uh, area of complaint was um, a lot of our members felt that there was too much advertising um, have you got a comment on that I, I have <laughs> um, there, there are two points there one is that the contract that we have with the publisher is that the the actual advertising apart from the fact that they can't go over 50%, I believe it is, um, is is the publisher's responsibility. Um, Also, every advertisement you see there saves us a little bit of money, and that is the whole point of it, really, as far as advertising goes. I agree. Um, We charge people for $100 for a half a page in our magazine as well. Uh, But as I told you and the listeners, we get ours printed free. So that's a bonus uh, for the ones that I do uh, get to come on board in our our, um, magazine. But then, of course, uh, the people that print our magazine, they get a half a page ad uh, given to them free. And then, of course, uh, I also get sponsorship from another funeral director to fly me and my accommodation at the National Mag- uh, National AGMs as well. So consequently, they get a free slot in our, um, our 
magazine and that's where I made it quite clear at our zone meeting last week there that people, other associations making the excuse they can't afford to come down to the AGM in Wellington in July, I got up and made it clear that they've got to get off of their um, bottoms and go out and ask for sponsorship. It's so easy and there are big firms out there that will do it and I don't accept their excuse that they can't afford it. Uh, so anyway, going on from that, Jan, um, the last question that I've got is the board and the advocacy, which we play a big part um, with. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, I'll let you explain what that is involved and who are the ones that go down uh, to Wellington and what's involved in Wellington. Um, so if you could do that... Uh, because I've got some comments to make on that as well, but I'll just listen to you first. Okay, well, the Federation Board is once again elected by the, well, it's elected by our regional groups, the Zines, who are groups of associations that meet together. Um, The Federation Board is, the main membership is elected by those um, associations in a specific zone. The four, the President, Vice President, Treasurer and Secretary are elected at our AGM. Um, Our core business, as I said, is lobbying. We pick up all sorts of issues from our associations, from the AGM remits, AGM and from correspondence and sometimes phone calls from members. Uh, We go to Wellington usually three times a year, but COVID has... Played a big part. Yeah, and um, we have an advocacy team which is led by myself as president and advocacy chair. I have been the advocacy chair for over eight years, so um, I can... So you've been involved greatly uh, over the eight years of representing our members uh, in, in, in advocating down in Wellington. Yeah. Right. I would have been to virtually every lobby visit in Wellington that we've had in that time. That is excellent. Now, just there that we didn't cover that uh, in, in uh, our structure, um, but we have seven zones in New Zealand. So there's zone one far north, zone two around the Auckland region, zone three is um, uh, Rotorua area, zone four is myself in Hastings through to Wellington, zone five is in the south and the top end of the South Island and then uh, Zone 6 is Canterbury where you are from and then of course we've got Invercargill as Zone 7 so when you were explaining about the board and the advocacy it's as a result of those that um, come up with the information for you to take back to the Wellington to advocate for, on behalf. Yes, some some of it. That that's a part of where we get it from. As I said, we've got you know a, a lot of um, information comes in directly from members as well. So we have a, a priority criteria list, and we try to work for that. And, and you'll see actually in the next magazine that there is an article on how we do it. Um, explains how we choose the the issues and all the rest of it. Right. Now, the days have gone where uh, we believe that this should be done or that should be dealt with. Uh, I believe now that uh, before you are able to go and speak with our politicians, you've got to have concrete 
evidence rather than I believe that Mrs Smith has had a poor deal. I believe, I've been told now that unless we have concrete evidence, uh, you cannot, it's, you're wasting your time representing uh, our Grey Power Associations. Uh, that came across from Pete Matcham, uh, very clear there uh, that um, you people send out to associations, can you supply information so that we've got some evidence to take? Uh, going, for example, um, the over 80 driver tests um, uh, you requested there to um, on our front page of the last magazine was about the driver testing uh, and I've just gone through that turning 80 where I had to go and answer some stupid questions uh, which I got really upset about because um, the doctor should be able to tell that I'm not losing my marbles um, so um, I've given Pete some hard concrete evidence on this and that's what he emphasised at our zone meeting we've got to have. So this is correct, mm. is it, Jan? It is really correct. In the last few years, um, you, as you say, you can't just go and say, oh, we here or whatever. You've got to go with hard evidence. And one good example, if I've got time to give it, is the home care cuts, where, which are causing huge problems for our people who live at home. Also people who live in... Um, residential, you know, rest homes. Um, and you go to talk about it and you're asked, where's your evidence? So we presented at least 100 case studies of, of older people being disadvantaged by the lack of a good home service, home care service. So we're asked of that when we go in to see politicians or decision makers more or less, they say rather nicely, where's your evidence? Yep. And we need the associations to give us that, that evidence. That. So we're very lucky that we've got Joe Miller uh, on the health um, board uh, advocating on our behalf and, of course, Pete Matchin on um, on housing and, dry, and the uh, driving uh, law regime. So that's very good. All right, Jan, it's a pity that you're unable to uh, enjoy our lovely weather here in Hawke's Bay and have a look around. I believe you've never been in this neck of the woods and it's sad there that I'm unable to um, take you out because you're a busy lady and you've got to fly back out to um, um, Christchurch. So thank you again for coming and um, it will be nice to have you at our AGM this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.